Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale Rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And we are back a bit later than expected, but I feel like that's to be expected at this point. <laughs> so, is anyone yeah, we surprised? we didn't do an Evermore episode as we promised, but... I, but I I warned everyone that it was there was a potential that it wasn't going to happen, so I feel like it was appropriate, um, and I think it's it uh, represents this year in podcasting for us. So we're just going to pretend that that never happened, and instead we have a recap of 2020 and everything we watched and listened to and what's read the other category read. <laughs> I didn't read that much, so I guess that's probably why I'm forgetting it. Um, but yeah, I guess how was your year in terms of pop culture? Um, Just well, overall. This year was really the year of TV, unsurprisingly. I'm sure it was a great TV year for a lot of people. I would have thought that during quarantine, I, I would have had a great reading year, but I really had like the worst reading year I've had in a while there was like I only had one book make my top five favorite things list that we're about to get into but I had a like the best tv year I've ever had that's exciting I feel like I feel like for me this was the year of music like I feel like I Mm -hmm. definitely got into a lot more artists and explored a few more genres that I'm not usually that I hadn't usually listened to and I think I watched a lot of good tv also but I feel like music for me was like the thing that kept me going and the thing I was like most keyed into more so than other years and I think my apple music replay from this year is like my best year yet in the three years that I've had apple music in terms of just like diversity of artists and like different types of genres and things like that so i'm satisfied with it even though taylor swift did take over a little bit towards the end there but so i guess the way we're structuring this we have a whole bunch of categories um and we'll each just go through um and we'll start with our top five things overall and these are this does not include music so it's just top five tv shows movies books or podcasts that we listen to um during 2020 and they can they can be older stuff or they can be things that came out in 2020 so there's a good mix and then we'll have honorable mentions for a lot of the categories as well um okay do you want to do the first one yes i can start and this is in no particular order i think we're way too indecisive to rank things definitely but my first thing is Aaron Sorkin shows. So this year my family watched The Newsroom, The West Wing, and Sports Night. I think we started The Newsroom like maybe in January or February. The West Wing was like started right before quarantine and we just breezed through the whole thing really quickly. And The Sports Night we just finished a couple days ago. And 
I'm mostly going to talk about The West Wing because that was my favorite of the three, but The West Wing is now maybe, well, it has at least made my top three TV shows of all time. Um, Prestigious list. If you don't know what The West Wing is, (laughs) it's a show about the staff of the West Wing of the White House. It ran from, I think, 1999 to 2006. That could be wrong. But sometime around that time and it's all about the both both the like personal and political problems of the staff in the west wing and these are people that don't really have lives outside of their jobs because they obviously any office drama do any characters from office drama yeah but especially if you if you work in the west wing it's a little bit more believable pretty all-consuming yeah, and some of these characters aren't so great at dealing with their own personal problems, so they just only work, which can be a little bit frustrating, but I think is kind of also kind of an interesting thing to watch. And this show has one of the most frustrating and agonizing will-they-won't-they they relationships to watch that I was super into. And while watching The West Wing... I mean, I think part of, like, my love for the show kind of came from the fact that I was watching it at a time when I had literally nothing else in my life going on, so I just spent so long reading every single review of the show, every single think piece, (laughs) everything on Reddit, so I basically just learned everything there is to learn about the show. I also listened to a bunch of podcasts, um... And the, it definitely, it definitely has its problems. Aaron Sorkin has his problems, but definitely I can overlook people. a lot because I just love the show so much. And Newsroom and Sports Night, I enjoyed both of them a lot as well. Uh, Sports Night started off really strong and it kind of went downhill a little bit in my opinion, but I highly recommend all three shows. I know they're not really Luke's things, so he he has yeah, watched the newsroom, but I kind of gave up on this. <laughs> yeah, I kind of gave up on the Luke watching the West Wing. Um, but that that's okay. <laughs> um yeah, I, I we my family also watched um Newsroom right at the beginning of quarantine and it was not my favorite. And I've tried watching West Wing a few times. I've gotten like seven episodes in. I think that was my most successful attempt. Um, but I've just never like gotten into it before. So I mean, never say never. Um, my first pick is also a similar pick. It's also a political like drama. Um, also watched it with my family during quarantine. Um, it's Veep, which I don't know exactly when it came out. I think it stopped airing like a few years ago. Um, but it's basically uh it's basically about the inside of the vice president's vice president's office and kind of all of the goings on going on there and it follows um like the vice president and some of the staff members around her and it's just like very it was very therapeutic in these um 
tumultuous political times for sure. I feel like it was like a good escape from like the craziness going on in the actual White House to like see this completely um, like fictionalized craziness. And I feel like it was like didn't really hold back in terms of like its raunchiness, which I appreciated. And I felt like it felt like realistic in like a very like convoluted way. I don't know. It was very therapeutic and it's just really, really funny. Um, so I recommend if that's your thing. Okay. Well, my next thing is more just a category of podcast and that is rewatch slash just TV podcast in general. I know that's a little bit broad, but I first started listening to podcasts. Our own podcast. <laughs> yes, our own podcast included. Made your um, list. <laughs> Um, but I first started listening to podcasts in, I think, 2019, and I started off with, like, a bunch of, like, political and investigative journalism, like, really super serious stuff that I learned a ton from, but then in 2020, I just, I mean, at the beginning of the year, with the primary elections going on, I listened to a bunch of 538 and a bunch of Deconstructed, but... Especially once the pandemic started and this, and even at the beginning of the year when The Bachelor was going on, I really started listening to like only Bachelor and other pop culture related stuff. And I, I think I first got really into The Office Ladies. And mm. at the same time, I, I was re-watching The Office a lot and I was also reading, oh, I forget what it's called, but it's The the office oral history book that came out um in 2020 and i learned so much about i mean about the office but also a lot about like tv production what goes on behind the scenes that was really interesting to me so i started listening to a lot of i listened to the west wing weekly and winging it which is another west wing podcast and I just started listening to a bunch of TV show um, podcasts, which I think kind of inspired the idea for this podcast because we really wanted to start a podcast. And I was like, what if we do a Riverdale rewatch podcast? Um, but my latest TV show podcast obsession is this podcast called The Shipping Room, which is all about <laughs> shipping in TV shows, which I absolutely love. And it also inspired me to watch the next show on this list, which I will talk about mm. as soon as Luke. I wonder what it goes. is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my next uh, entry on this list is another TV show. We actually talk, had a whole episode about this on our podcast. You can go listen to it. It was quite the journey. Um, dead it to was me? D- Dead to Me Season 2. <laughs> um, I mean, I already... We already talked at length about this, but I just thought it was very funny, really smart humor, um, and just enough, like, craziness to balance out, like, a like good characters and character growth. And can't wait for season three, hopefully coming in 2021. I don't know. I don't really know what the plan is there, but hopefully sometime. That was a short one. Well, my <laughs> next... Um 
favorite thing of 2020. Mm. I've talked about nonstop for the past like week. <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of recency bias here. But it's Veronica Mars. And in this, in the Shipping Room, this podcast, they always read listener top 10 ships of all time which if you don't know what a ship is it's we definitely talk about ships but they're it's like a relationship um like kind of like hoping that two characters will get together or like, it can also be if they're already together like that's your like favorite theorizing. ship but shipping is like yeah hoping two characters will get together or like but theorizing what would happen if they were together or yeah something. yeah but there was a ship from veronica mars and i'm not going to say it because i think it's a little bit of a spoiler and I want Luke to watch this show without knowing it. Or if he already knows it, whatever, it's fine. I don't know because um, I don't know anything about okay. the characters. Um, that just made so many people's top ten lists. I was like, I feel like I need to watch this show. So I started the show. And how it's normally described in reviews is like kind of a mix between like a noir mystery and a teen drama and like how riverdale. i pitch it to people is gilmore girls meets riverdale even though it's like a million times better than riverdale i feel like it's kind of i feel like riverdale is kind of our generation's veronica mars and that's a little bit offensive to me that we have <laughs> well, to watch riverdale a... and they got to watch veronica and we have mars, to do a but... podcast about riverdale <laughs> Um, but I could just, I could go on and on and on about this show, and I'll, I will cut this short, but I think we need to do, I think we need to do an, a full episode about it once Luke watches it. Hopefully he will. Glowing, <laughs> I was going a little crazy on Twitter last night. Um, and on your private Instagram story <laughs> last week, <laughs> posting things, but then censoring them out because no yeah, one I'm... on your private Instagram story has actually watched Veronica Mars. <laughs> I'm like posting all my reactions to everything that's happening, but I'm censoring out all the names so that I don't spoil it for every- everyone. So I it's appreciate been it. fun. Okay. All right. My next entry. Um, I don't think I've actually talked about this on the podcast, which is kind of surprising. Um, and it's definitely not a unknown show by any means. It came out kind of, in the middle of quarantine, and it is Netflix's Outer Banks. I feel like, mm. oh, I should have put this on the list of things I want you to watch. But I feel like oh. this show is super watchable. It's only 10 episodes long. Um, very, It kind of fits in like the Riverdale theme, but honestly, probably better than Riverdale. Um, and it's sort of just like a teen mystery. Um, all of these teens... It, during during the summer have nothing to do and they're searching for gold essentially that's like the core of it but then there's all of these like people out to get them and there's lots of like I don't know it's very fun and especially I think it was episode 8 there's this like police chase sort of throughout the entire episode and honestly one of the best police chases I've seen in television <laughs> in movies a great episode and just good characters too so I recommend looking forward to season two. I think it's coming out in 2021 also. So we have that to look forward to. So my next thing is a book. The only 
book on this list, unfortunately, but it's <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six, and I think it came out in, in 2019, maybe it was 2018. It's extremely popular, so you likely have heard of it, and I think Reese Witherspoon is adapting it into a TV show, which I'm super excited about, but it's basically, it's a fictional um oral history about this band I believe from the 70s that was loosely based off of Fleetwood Mac and I read it at the beginning of quarantine so I I don't remember it super well but so I don't have a lot to say about it other than Luke I think this isn't my thing that I'm recommending to you but I do think you would really like it it was I don't know it was just a really fun book to read this year I didn't read a lot of really heavy books that um I was super emotionally invested in I would describe this as more of a of a fun book but it was definitely my favorite book of 2020 yep it's definitely on the list for me and I'll definitely be more motivated to read it even more motivated if there's a tv show yeah produced by Reese Witherspoon (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, my next entry on this list, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast either, but it's Euphoria. Um, A bit late to this as well, but um, it came out, I think, last summer, like, not this past summer, but two summers ago um, on HBO, and it's like a very um, intense high school, I guess, drama. Um, Lots of drugs, lots of sex. And it was, like, intense, but ultimately I think the characters are really well done. Um, Each episode sort of focuses on a different character, and I think the way that the information about characters is delivered is really interesting. Um, And so I would recommend. And there was just a special episode. They're releasing two special episodes focusing on the two main characters that um, are coming out before the second season comes out. Um, And both of the first one's already out. It's about the character Rue, um, and it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I think part of what makes the show really good is like the fast-paced energy, and this sh- this episode that came out um, in December was sort of the opposite of that because they couldn't do very much while filming during a pandemic, so it was sort of like an extended conversation that was like 50 minutes in like a diner. Um So I didn't love it the most, but I thought it was interesting. But I'm definitely excited to see what they do with season two, for sure. That's a show that I actually want to I feel like you would like it. I feel like it would be good. It's very intense, so you have to prepare yourself. All right. Well, the final thing on my favorite things of 2020 list is Schitt's Creek, which I'm not going to... So that's your final thing, too? Yeah. Okay, so we can just talk about it together. Um, (laughs) But we already talked about it on our last episode. I think this was the thing that pleasantly surprised me the most. I know that everybody loved it, but just from the first couple episodes, I was was convinced it was not for me, Mm -hmm. but I was so wrong. And everybody who watches the first episode and is like, this is super stupid, you just have really have to power through because it is so worth it yeah i just recently watched the there's like on netflix a 40 minute kind of 
I don't even know what it, how to describe it really. It's sort of like a mini documentary about oh, them producing the last season. I watched it like a few nights ago and it was actually very sweet. Definitely not like a necessity to watch, but uh-huh. it was like fun. You see like their final table read, you get some like behind the scenes of them producing the final season. Um, so it was, it was worth watching if you're a fan of the show for sure. And Schitt's Creek um, also introduced, well, he was the creator of the show, but he it introduced Dan Levy to the world, and he was just in the happiest season, and I have a <laughs> feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of him, and so I'm very, I'm very happy for him. I think yeah, he's really great. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. And I hope that Annie Murphy is also in some more things, because I think she was super great mm-hmm. as for Alexis, sure. and she was sort of a, like not known at all before the show. So I hope yeah. she gets some more roles, too. Um, okay, do you want to do your honorable mentions really quickly? Yes. So I kind of just wrote down a whole list of TV shows as my honorable mentions. I wrote down Dead to Me, The Morning Show, Never Have I Ever, Love, Victor, <laughs> and <laughs> Community. But the one I want to talk a little bit more about is Community, which is a show that aired... I feel like it started maybe the early 2010s, and I actually watched a little bit of it while it was on the air, and I I always thought it was, like, really bizarre, but somehow I started watching it this fall, and I got super into it, and I will say, it's a weird show, and it's not for everyone, and I, I feel like I'm sort of in the group of the people it's not for, (laughs) (laughs) but I still enjoyed it. But I didn't finish it because it goes off the rails at the end, and I'm still on the last season, and it's a little bit hard to get through. Um, but it it's interesting because it kind of parodies and subverts a lot of TV tropes in a way that I kind of appreciate, but sometimes doesn't work for me as a person that genuinely enjoys a lot of TV tropes. <laughs> you find it um, offended, offensive. <laughs> but I really like this show. Um, Love, Victor, we did a whole episode on, and I just, I will say, looking back on that episode, I'm it's a little bit embarrassed about how it's much I gushed about the that show, because it's not that good, but I think I just love that Victor, first of all, he's just so cute, and he's just, I don't know, just the genuinely, genuinely, like, the sweetest person, and it was just, I just had so much fun. <laughs> Watching I that? think just blame it on quarantine. Blame we it were on a bit, quarantine. We, lack of social interaction led to our love for love, Victor. I think we'll just say that. Um, okay, my honorable mention lists. Um, so all of my top fives were TV shows. So for honorable honorable mentions, my one movie is Bad Education, which is like an HBO um, movie. That came out earlier this year, starring Hugh Jackman. It was um, and Alice and Janie, right? And Alice and Janie. It was actually good, and I recommend it to you, Maya. I don't know if you've watched it. I, yet. I haven't, but I feel like I would like it. It's like a very. It's not like the greatest movie ever, but I mm-hmm. so far this year it's number one on my movie list. Um, not that there's that much competition, but it was fun. Um, it's like a really bizarre but true story. Um, And it involves student journalism, which I just love. And, yeah, I thought it was really watchable, really enjoyable. Um, For podcasts, 
the one podcast I'll highlight this year is the podcast called Evolution of a Snake. Um, this podcast is a podcast that I came across when training for my marathon in May. And it basically is, it's like a small indie podcast, just like us. Um, and it's basically a very extensive like historical record of everything that Taylor Swift has done throughout her career starting like in 2006 and going forward. They only have episodes up to 2012, I think. Um they produce episodes very slowly, so I don't know if we'll actually ever get the rest of it, but I learned a lot of information that I probably did not need to know about Taylor Swift. Everything that she's done, every outfit that she's ever worn, every award show performance she's ever done. And honestly, it was, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, definitely worth it. Um, The two hosts are really enjoyable to listen to. I'm kind of scared of them personally, but (laughs) it was fun. And it got me through my marathon training for sure. And then the last shout out is a TV show that I think everyone has heard of at this point, Queer Eye. I actually started watching Queer Eye after I watched the first episode of Euphoria and needed something to like calm myself down <laughs> before going to sleep. Um, and I didn't even like Queer Eye, but for some reason I was like, oh, I, I just feel like Queer Eye would be a good show to like calm myself down to. And then I actually ended up getting really into it and watched like four seasons of it over the summer. So recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But I'm sure if you've wanted to watch that, you've probably watched it at this point. And right. on to music. music. So I feel like for music, we should start at five and go up to one and go back okay. and forth. And we're just looking at our Apple Music replays. We both use Apple Music. Um, this is and... an Apple Music podcast. <laughs> and we, I think we did an episode halfway through the year where we talked about, or maybe it was even earlier, but where we talked about our replays so far. But we're just going to go through the top five artists on our replays. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So my number five artist, again, I feel like this whole year is like me being late to the game, but finally getting around to it. Um, Number five is Lord. Before this year, I only knew like Royals and that was pretty much it by Lord. But forever people have on Twitter and TikTok and whatever have said like Lord is really good. Like one of... Melodrama is one of the best albums of all time, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, finally, I feel like I should give her a listen. And it was really good. Both of her albums, um, Pure Heroin and Melodrama, are good. And I'm looking forward to Lord's third album, hopefully coming in 2021. Who knows? There's uh, this account on Twitter that's the whole account is Did Lord release an album today? Like, and every day it just says, like, some version of no. But what the day that Evermore, T- Taylor Swift's album, came out, uh, the account tweeted that uh, T- Taylor Swift has now released four albums since Lord has released um, Melodrama. So the Lord fans are desperately waiting and want Jack Antonoff back to help Lord finish her third album. So my number five is the grateful dead which is a band that obviously everyone has heard of everyone knows some of their music but i never really listened to well i listened to ripple sometimes but i never really listened to until this year and the the reason i had started listening to ripple 
was I watched Freaks and Geeks a couple years ago and the final scene of Freaks and Geeks, which is so good, um, Ripple is playing in the background. So that's kind of how I started to really like that song. And this year, I think I started listening to The Grateful Dead a little bit randomly. And then when American Beauty, which is like, I think their most famous album, there was the 50th anniversary this year and NPR was doing a story about it. So I decided to listen to the whole album and it's definitely an album that I recognized most of the songs on even though I didn't know them super well at the beginning, but it's just such a nice, easy to listen to album and I listen and just really calming. So I listened to it a lot like while I was doing homework, when I was working on college applications. It was really great to just have in the background and it all also always it just like made me really calm but also made me really happy. So the reason that it's five is just because I listened to that album over and over and over again. Okay. Uh, my fourth artist is Phoebe Bridgers, another artist that I discovered this year. And I feel like this year she's sort of had like a breakout year and a lot of people have got on board have gotten on board with her um she released her second album punisher i think in like june maybe um and she's gotten a lot of attention for it this year um i actually think her first album stranger in the alps is a stronger album overall but both of them are really good and i feel like both of them both albums matched like the kind of depressing quarantine vibes of the year i feel like my music sort of split into like big pop escapism and then like sad quarantine music um so this is definitely on like the sad quarantine music side of um the music that i listen to and one song in particular i know the end which is the last song on her newest album i think is maybe the song of the year in my opinion um so if you're interested in Phoebe Bridgers, definitely listen to that song. So my fourth most listened to artist of the year is Miley Cyrus, which mm. um, actually I really would not have expected for this year. Yeah, that's surprising. Because um, I was a really, really big Miley Cyrus fan back in the day, meaning like 2011. <laughs> um <laughs> But she really has not released good music in a while. I think we talked about this in our last episode. We talked about Plastic Hearts, and Plastic Hearts is the only reason why she is so high on this list. And this is probably just from the past month. I guess the album came out in December, right? It came out, like, the weekend. I think it came out on Black Friday. Like, the day after Thanksgiving, maybe. Wow. So, yeah, it's really only been out for a month. But I've just... Plastic Hearts is just such a a fun album. album. I've just listened to it on repeat. It's not like the greatest album of all time, um, but it's great for working out. It's just great if you want something to like give you a little bit of energy. A lot of different, yeah, a lot of different vibes on that album too. There's like a good spectrum. Yeah. Uh, Um. Okay. My number three artist is Lady Gaga, and she. I've definitely, I mean, obviously I've known about her. I've known like her most popular songs because it's sort of inescapable for this generation. Um, But 
this year she released i think her sixth studio album chromatica um which is sort of her return to her um like kind of disco pop roots and i thought it was a really strong album and I, I it was one of those albums that you could listen to all the way through and i feel like it made sense to listen to all the way through there were some really good interludes in there um some good collaborations with ariana grande and um and elton john and i thought it was just a strong album overall the best song on it is babylon which i think is the closing track um recommend that song to everyone um, but I feel like that was more on, like, the escapism, big pop side of what I listened to this year. And my third person is Lana Del Rey, who I really never, I never listened to her music before this year. I hated the song Summertime Sadness. I thought it was so I annoying. I like that song. <laughs> I like the song Video Games, but I summertime sadness and I always thought that I tried Lana Del Rey before and I was never into her music and I kind of thought that the people who listened to Lana Del Rey were the kind of people who thought that they were like super alternative and edgy but really weren't um and then you became that person (laughs) I used to be very judgmental about like fake alternative people um you have but, to embrace your mainstream obsessions. Yeah. That's how, how I live my life. <laughs> I've stopped trying to be into, like, alternative indie artists and just I've embraced the mainstream. Yeah. Well, I but the, re- okay, the reason I started listening to Lana Del Rey, I think it was after the Grammys and people were talking about how Norman fucking Rockwell is a really good album. So I listened to it and I was like, this is actually really good i really like this album (laughs) and i listened to it right after i got back from my trip to la and this album is a lot i mean it's all about la it references a lot of different places and it also refers references a lot from like the music scene in the area from the 60s and 70s so and i just felt like it perfectly capture like it was so atmospheric and it perfectly captured not my experience there but just the (laughs) the experience of being there I guess so I really liked that and yeah and I I've just listened I don't listen to her other music I just listened to this album and me too (laughs) (laughs) I've had like I'd say like three different phases this year where where it was like all I listened to Good choice. Okay, my second most listened to artist, which I'm honestly kind of surprised that this is number two for me, um, but it's Ariana Grande, and I'll talk about Ariana Grande in a later category. But um, Ooh, I think I she she released there was like two. Well, I guess I'm trying to think about this. So she obviously released um, her sixth studio album, Positions, this year. Um, so I listened to that a lot. Um, but then I think also what I listen to a lot, and one of some of these songs um, from this album were in my like top one hundred. Was um, her live album from her tour that she went on for thank the Thank You Next album and Sweetener, um, 
and I actually really liked the live versions, um, and I've been listening to them on and off. I feel like this, that was like, especially early in quarantine, like me kind of missing live music, and I feel like it's just like a generally fun album to listen to, and I liked both of those two albums a lot, so I like the live versions just to like things shake things up a little bit. Um, but I honestly was surprised that she was number two. I guess I just like listened to her music like in and around all the other music that I listen to a lot like she's not ever like the artist that I'm like constantly listening to non-stop but I think I just play her a lot in between other things I guess I don't know if that makes sense but somehow she ended up as number two or yeah number two um so do we both only have one more well don't you have two more oh yes Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, yes, I do. So my number two is Little Mix, who I believe we talked about their newest album, Confetti, on yeah, our last we episode. Did. We talked about how I got Luke to be a mixer, or sort of a mixer, um, which is the I would name. say I'm a mixer. The name of... It sounds so weird when you say it out loud. I feel like I normally just see it in writing. A mixer. That's Twitter. the name of their fans. Uh, and I guess this is probably, like, the most embarrassing one on my list. I feel like so it's not even far. that embarrassing. No, I'm not embarrassed by it, but... Because um, no one even knows who they are. Like, no if you know who, who they, they are. are, then it's like, you're probably a fan of them. So it's not embarrassing. To, like, you know, like... Or you're a One Direction fan. Um, but like they're... that's like equally as embarrassing. So like no one, <laughs> no one who knows what being a mixer is can speak about, like yeah, you know it's like who are you embarrassed by? But if you don't know Little Mix, they're a British girl group. Used to be four members, but Jesse, so after I think nine years, recently left the group. It's so sad. sad. I don't know what the future of little mix is going to be but and they're on such a high this year we'll i feel see. like too yeah they they had a pretty big year um and i was super super into little mix in middle school and i sort of rediscovered them in quarantine they're just a lot of fun to listen to they released a new album this year they're great workout music um so yeah really strong album it's a good Confetti. album. Yeah, I liked pretty much all of the songs from it. Um, okay, I feel I'm guessing this is your number one artist too. Yes. No shocker to anyone yes, that's yes, listened yes. to this podcast ever before, but obviously Taylor Swift um, was number one for both of us. She released two albums this year, Evermore and Folklore. And I mean, even if she didn't release two albums this year, she still probably would have been number one on my apple music replay but releasing two albums definitely helped um i don't know what is there to be said about taylor swift that we haven't already said i will say if she hadn't released two albums she might not have or if if she hadn't released any albums even if it was just folklore she would have still been my number one but i don't know if she would have been my number one she probably would have been at the top but well how close was it um oh it's like she was way ahead. 
like 21 yeah, me, versus 11 which i know for you is like a million for now. me it's like ariana grande's like 38 and then like taylor swift is like 180 something <laughs> hours so it's like not even close like it's not even close so anyway. um yeah but we we did a whole episode about folklore so we don't need to talk much almost about two hours long so i feel like yeah yeah um we can just very briefly talk about evermore i think some of the songs individually on evermore i like i don't think it's i think folklore is like a lot better it's a lot stronger as a whole album Mm -hmm. and evermore is fine it doesn't totally work for me and i i don't think she was trying to be very experimental and more indie even though obviously she's not indie but and i don't know it didn't work super well for me but some songs i i like to listen to individually yeah i to me evermore i feel like has like higher highs and lower lows like i think some of the songs on evermore i like more than songs on folklore but then there are songs on evermore that i like less than any song on folk uh, than on folklore so anyway and i also feel i agree i feel like folklore is like a very cohesive individual body of work and evermore not as much but i'm on as a whole glad that she released it and definitely um like a lot of the songs on the album too so all right that's music. Okay, honorable should we do mentions. honorable mentions really quickly? Okay, I'm going to go through these really quickly. Um, two of mine were ones that were already on your list, Little Mix and Miley Cyrus. We already talked about those. Um, other honorable mention, Dua Lipa. Um, definitely got into Dua Lipa this year. Um, she released Future Nostalgia, which was her second album this year, which was sort of like the other big kind of like disco pop album with Chromatica. From Lady Gaga and I feel like it was a really good body of work um it's up against folklore for album of the year at the Grammys and if Dua Lipa does win that award I will be happy for her and ultimately happy but uh, obviously I'm hoping that folklore wins album of the year for Taylor Swift but if she doesn't Dua Lipa I'd be okay with that and then the other artist that I listen to a lot starting this year was Megan Thee Stallion. She sort of had like a big year in 2019 and sort of expanded upon that and released her first ever... Because of TikTok. Yeah, because of TikTok. And also she released her first ever album, I think in November, which I like a lot of the songs from. I don't usually listen to rap, but I started listening to some female rap this year, which I appreciated. So I'm excited to see what she does. I think she's up for Best New Artist at the Grammys. And a few other things, so yeah. And I don't have a lot of honorable mentions, but one of mine is Joni Mitchell, who's actually my sixth most listened to artist of the year. <laughs> and I always found her music to be a little bit boring, but I actually got into it some of it this year. I listened to Blue, that album, a lot. Um, and this year, I think I I listened to a lot of different artists it says i've listened to 431 different artists i don't really know if that's a lot or not but i think i sort of discovered 
making some play I feel like I made a lot of good playlists this year but making my playlist I discovered that I a lot of my music comes from tv shows so it's a lot of like mm-hmm. random it's a lot of just like it's kind of an eclectic mix because I feel like I like I'm way more likely to like songs if I have it attached to a specific memory or a specific scene in a TV show, which I'm sure is true for most people as well. But that's just sort of like what I realized about my music taste this year. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to go into the next category? Okay. So the next categories are all shorter categories. Um, so the first one is favorite rewatch, reread, or re-listen. I guess if you re-listen to a podcast. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? Yes. So I have three different things because I couldn't pick one. Well, which one's the top one? But and the... then which ones are the honorable mentions? Okay, I'm going to say the top one is probably Gilmore Girls, which is definitely my top three favorite shows of all time. It may even be number one just because, I don't know, it's like, I feel like it's a show that's actually, like, affected my life a lot. Affected your mental health, (laughs) as you like to say. Yes, it's affected both my life and my mental health, but I originally watched it when I was in middle school, and I absolutely loved it. I was so obsessed and I always considered it a favorite show, but I, I, and I, I would occasionally go back and rewatch an episode here or there. But I was also like, maybe I've kind of outgrown it a little bit. So I was like, I feel like I'm long overdue for a rewatch. And rewatching it totally confirmed for me that it is, it, that it is like my favorite show or one of my favorite shows of all time. I had a great experience rewatching it. I watched it. Right after school, school ended and before I started my job. So it was all I did. Like, I would just watch, like, nine episodes a day, which is just not great. But it was, I had a good time <laughs> doing it. Um, but my biggest change, I definitely had some different opinions. But I was obsessed with Jess the first time I watched it. I was definitely team Jess. Or at least I wasn't really thinking about who was the best for Rory. I was just, like who's my favorite. And watching it again, I got the Jess, I got the appeal of Jess, but he fell a little bit flat for me. And I think that like, part of it was that Milo Ventimiglia, I don't think did a super great job um, of acting. And I was actually <laughs> way more into Logan this time. So that was a little bit of a shock to me, but maybe I'm team Logan now, I guess. I don't know. Oh, but I'm I, still Team Jess, but I haven't um, rewatched it recently, so I honestly feel like I can't make an informed decision. <laughs> but I think also moral of the story is that they're all sort of bad. So they're all sort of bad, but also Rory kind of sucks. So you know, yeah. Anyways, okay. Sh- should I say my biggest one, and then you say your honorable mentions? Sure. Okay, so my favorite re I mean I didn't do that much rewatching or rereading, but the one big thing that I did rewatch and reread was the Hunger Games series. Um I honestly couldn't tell you why for some reason it was like one day some point in quarantine I honestly couldn't tell you when. I think it was in June maybe, and I was just like I really want to reread the Hunger Games, like the first book of the Hunger Games. Like I feel like I just really want to reread that. And the first time I read them was in like 
the first and only time I had read them was in fourth grade, I think. So maybe fifth grade. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Probably was not super age appropriate and probably and I know a lot of stuff went over my head when I read them for the first time um so I reread them I reread the first one in like two days finished the whole series in like a week maybe two weeks um and honestly was way better than I remembered it I remember not really liking the third one that much the first time I read it but I really liked it the second time I read it and I felt like um there was, like, so many parallels to, like, the Bachelor franchise and, like, what? the Hunger Games, like, the show. The Hunger Games is, like, an entertainment show and, like, the Bachelor franchise. Like, I was just, like, making all these connections and, like, <laughs> connections to, like, what was going on in, like, the politics. And, like, it was just, like, really great re- re-reading experience. Um Maybe we can do a whole episode about that. And then I was about to, I was considering reading, um... The prequel that got released but then i just never got around to it because it's like twice as long and do we really want to know more about president snow like i don't nope. really know um <laughs> but then i also rewatched the movies all four of them and they were also good um i think the first and second one are way stronger than the last two for, for sure, sure. So definitely the second one's probably the best um but also fun um and yeah overall positive experience if you haven't read the hunger games in a long time or if you haven't read them since like fourth grade i encourage you to reread them i feel like you'll appreciate them and i just have two honorable mentions both book series i reread harry potter um and this is my third time rereading this series and the last time I reread the series, it was almost like rereading them for the first time because I hadn't done it in so long. So I didn't quite have that same amazing experience of de- feeling like I discovered it for the first time. But of course, reading them was a lot of fun. I think I did it pretty quickly, probably, I think maybe like two weeks or something, because that was still like the very beginning of quarantine. So I didn't really have anything else to do. Um, and that, and this was all before the whole JK Rowling thing went down, yeah. which we talked about a lot on this podcast, I think. But yeah, I think that definitely affected some people's experiences of rereading it. I don't know how much that would have affected mine, but I read it before all of that went down. And then mm-hmm. my final honorable mention is the Gallagher Girls series, which pro- probably a lot of people haven't actually heard of, but these are books that I loved like in elementary school and middle school. And when I was in elementary school, they were like a little old for me, but um, it's kind of like Harry Potter and I describe it as Gilmore Girls meets Harry Potter. <laughs> Everything is just Gilmore Girls meets something. Yeah, which is very high praise, and maybe they don't quite deserve that, but I think they're fantastic. It's like the series about a girl who goes to spy school, 
And it starts off mm-hmm. with just like, oh my god, I'm a spy and I'm dating this normal boy and it's like this forbidden love. And by the final book, they're stopping World War Three. Like, things escalate oh, really wow. quickly. But they're really, really good and really funny. Um, and I'm a little, I'm a little bit old from them now, but I still had a great time reading them. Just a them. little. <laughs> well, they, they, the um, characters in the book are in high school, so you know, relatable, super relatable. Stopping World War Three. <laughs> um, but Pete quarantine for me was reading the Gallagher Girls books and watching The West Wing at the same time. That was amazing. All right. And those are our favorite rewatches and re-listens. Um, okay. Next category, favorite new internet obsession. Would you like to start? Sure. So my <laughs> favorite new internet obsession is the Try Guys, which I don't think I've ever talked about on this podcast. But if you don't know the Try Guys, either. they're these three guys who are now like in their early 30s but I think maybe six years ago they were all working at BuzzFeed and they started making videos together where they tried new sometimes crazy things and um then a couple years later they left BuzzFeed and they started their own company and I would have never thought that the Try Guys were my thing And I remember, Luke, one time you said, you're like, the thing that I least expected in 2020 was Maya becoming a Try Guys fan. (laughs) But now it, like, makes sense to me. I don't even remember saying that. But now it, like, being like, oh, yeah, Maya likes the Try Guys. Like, it doesn't even, like, phase me anymore. Like, it doesn't shock me. I don't know why. But But when I first found out about that, I was like, that is just not the kind of youtube that i expected that you would be into how i kind of rediscovered them because i'd watched their videos occasionally with one of my friends um back in like probably like 2015 um before when they were at buzzfeed but how i discovered them again they have a whole podcast network where they have like three podcasts and one of them is um a podcast called here to make friends and it's with their significant others so i clicked on this this Wait, podcast here to just make friends. Did I say here to make friends? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a bachelor rewatch podcast. I'm a recap <laughs> podcast. I meant. God, what is it called? You can sit with us. Wow. <laughs> I really did not notice that. Okay, it's called You Can Sit with Us. I was and... like, that's such a big coincidence that the podcast is the same exact name as <laughs> your other favorite podcast. Yeah, this podcast is actually super great. Um. And suddenly, so I, I just randomly watched, I watched their podcast because they have them on YouTube. So I randomly watched an episode of that. And then I just got so into the Try Guys. And I think they're really great because they're really funny, but they're also like very vulnerable and they talk about serious things. And one of their biggest things is like destroying toxic masculinity. So I think... As far as internet creators go, like they're maybe contributing some good to the world. I don't know, but yeah, I would I would say that. Yeah, I feel like a very like you don't have to justify watching them. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my favorite new internet obsession. We definitely got into this a little bit in last in our last episode, but 
Um, this year has definitely been year of TikTok, year of TikTok influencers and creators. Um, and so the person that I, I, I don't know if I would call this an obsession, but the person I was like most into this year was Larae, who is a YouTuber and also on TikTok and is in like the TikTok spheres in the hype house or not in the hype house, but knows people in the hype Wasn't house. Wasn't he in the hype house? I thought he was in the hype house. I think it's like unclear at this point, like who's in the hype house anymore. I feel like all the people that used to be in the hype house that got famous from the hype house have now moved on. So it's like who even is in the hype house? I don't know. But yeah, he's, I just, his videos are really funny. He's friends with James Charles, who I've been watching for a while. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Nothing too much to add about that, but definitely um, someone I've been watching recently. I wouldn't call it an obsession, though. Um, okay. This is the last category before we look forward to 2021. It is the biggest disappointments of the year in terms of pop culture. So would you like to start? Yes. So this is maybe a kind of a lame answer, but I'm just going to say books in general. And part this might have partly been on my fault, or this might be partly my fault for just not doing a great job of reading or finding books that I know I'd like. But there was three new books that came out this year that just... None of them were terrible, but that just kind of disappointed me. And one... I told Luke a lot about this book already, actually. Um, but it's called Rodham, and it's it was pretty popular. Oh, oh and it was also not didn't get great reviews, but it's in but it's by an author who's pretty well loved and pretty famous. So I wanna her name is God, what's her name? It's I think it's Curtis Sittenfeld or something. If I think I got that right. And I wanna read some of her other books, but this is an alternative history about Hillary Clinton or Hillary Rodham's um political career had she not married Bill Clinton and the book starts off with them dating but then they don't get married and it's about what happens with that and it's such a weird book and I think part of it is when you're she uses right her real name and so it's a little confusing to read about real people that are so so famous but in mm-hmm. fictional situations because like you don't really know what's real and what's not real and that's slightly weird and a little bit uncomfortable at times it was and I just didn't understand what the book was trying to do but I did have fun with some of it and I did enjoy that Bill Clinton was such an asshole in this book and that's kind of how I see him in real life but it was a little bit I found it validating to, to read that <laughs> to um, read a fictional story yeah so maybe if you're looking for something interesting sort of recommend but it, it wasn't a great book and then I just have two other books I'm, that were kind of disappointing that I'm gonna um mention quickly one is called one to watch and it's about a show kind of like the bachelor but um there's like a plus size lead for the first time and it's all about that and people love this book and I was excited to read it just because I thought it would be fun because I I like watching the bachelor I just thought it would be a fun quick 
read and it was a fun quick read but I just it just wasn't that great I honestly don't really recommend um and then also one of my who I someone who I thought was like one of my favorite authors her name is Louise O'Neill and she's an Irish author and she released a new book this year called After the Silence that was just I was so excited for and it was just so um underwhelming for me so I don't I know I just made me question her as an author because I thought I liked her so much so (laughs) this year was just like a disappointment for books I think moral of the story is if you want to read a book about a bachelor type show read the Hunger Games (laughs) because there's so many parallels but you just have to read to find out um okay my biggest disappointment this year um I think Maya probably already knows this is Ariana Grande's album which I mentioned earlier Positions um I feel like she was coming off such a such a high with like her last two albums um and her last tour um they were like huge albums very well received and so obviously I was really excited when she announced that she was releasing an album um in October and it was fine but it was nothing great and it's not something that I've revisited very much since I listened the first time um I just felt like there wasn't like that much substance to the songs and they all sounded very similar and they were all very generic and felt like they were sort of just like songs that could have been on previous albums but were not as good so um, if you haven't already listened to it, I don't like super highly recommend it, but I know there are also definitely people that have enjoyed the album as well. So to do with that what you will. And then, oh, do you have any honor roll mentions for biggest disappointment? Oh, no, I don't. Do you? My, my one honorable mention, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I was so sad when this happened, is when The Society Season 2 was canceled. Oh by netflix the society came out last year in like the spring really great show but the first season ends with like no closure at all no idea what's going on still really no explanation to like the premise of the show and i was really looking forward to a season two to get some clarity on what was going on and unfortunately even though it was renewed they canceled it because of the pandemic and it seems like it's never coming back. So very disappointing. And every time I see Netflix on my Netflix account, promoting the society being like, watch our show, the society. I'm like, like, don't tell me that because I already watched it and there's no season two. So there's no point. So anyway, that is an honorable mention. I actually have an honorable mention now that made me think of something. And this is really, like, very low. Like, this is very low in terms of how disappointing it, it is. Yeah. But um, uh, Single Parents got <laughs> canceled, which is not a good so show. Sad. Like, it's a, it's, I mean, it was a fun show, but it's not, I think it's on ABC. It's just, like, a sitcom, pretty stupid. But my brother and I would watch it, and it was just... A fun thing to look forward to every week. Brother bonding. Yeah. And there aren't many shows that both me and my brother like to watch. So, yeah, that was fun. But the the reason I'm disappointed, it it ended on a cliffhanger. Because these two 
characters were kind of like about to get together and then it sort of ended on this cliffhanger so I was excited to see what was going to happen next even though I didn't really care that much but I was just excited to see it and now we'll never know (laughs) you'll never know very sad very sad 2020 is now come to a close and it's time to look forward to 2021 what is the thing you're most looking forward to Okay. In terms of pop culture. I have two things. And one is a book. And if you're familiar with the world of YA fiction, you probably know who Sarah J. Mass is, or at least YA fantasy. And I'm not a huge fantasy person, but I do enjoy a good Sarah J. Mass book. And in her beloved Akatar A Court of Thorns and Roses series... It was a trilogy, but she's doing, like, an ad- I think it's an additional trilogy about some of the other characters in the book, and the first one is coming out in February, I believe, which I definitely need to reread the whole series, but I'm very, very excited for it. Hopefully it'll maybe put an end to my reading slump. I don't know. And then my mm-hmm. other one, this one is kind of stupid, um, and it's not some... It's something I'm excited for, maybe not as excited for, but uh, first of all, just season two of a lot of the shorter shows I watched this year, like Never Have I Ever, The Morning Show, Love Love Victor, Victor. (laughs) and I also am hoping to get some um, resolution to some of these uh, love triangles, like in Never Have I Ever. Even though, like, don't care, but, like, sort of care. (laughs) So I want to know know what's happening with that. Paxton and Ben, I think those are the two guys. Why are we talking about never having ever? (laughs) I want to know what happens. Um, I don't even remember what happens. One is more attractive. The other is probably better for her. I don't really know who I'm rooting for. But... I want to know what happens. Don't care who I'm rooting for. <laughs> and then I, I will watch it. I also want to know what happens in this love triangle in the kissing booth too. Also, don't oh really care care about this one less. But like, go listen to our episode. Go about listen the to our booth. episode. We actually had pretty strong feelings about it. I don't remember what my strong. Oh, oh, I remember yeah. my strong feelings. Yeah. Oh, I actually do care about the kissing booth three. I'm actually am really excited about that and in a dumb way. What's going to happen in Love, Victor, Season 2? What's going to happen in Dead to Me, Season 3? Yeah. Yeah, That's that's what I'm excited for. I'll also tack on Outer Banks, Season 2. And maybe, I already mentioned this, maybe Lord will release her third album. Those are some of, like, the things that I'm, hopefully are happening next year. Um, Euphoria, Season 2, also, hopefully, coming. And then Riverdale season five. I feel like we Ooh. can't not mention oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but my that none of those are my actual pick. Those are some honorable mentions. But my biggest pick is hopefully Taylor Swift's re-recordings for her first six albums. Um, she was allowed to per her contract. She was allowed to start re-recording them. In November of 2020, she's been teasing a lot that she is working on them right now. Um, obviously, she released a whole album 
ever more in the process so who knows how much time she's actually spent re-recording them but we or i am very anxiously waiting there's some theories that she's going to release it like some stuff on december 31st or on new year's day or something which i don't actually personally personally believe but like right now yeah like theoretically in like a few hours but (laughs) i really don't think that's gonna happen maybe it will um but yeah i think sometime this year we should be expecting at least the very beginnings of that and i'm excited to see what she'll do i'm excited to see how her matured voice will work on some of her older stuff and see what surprises she leaves for us so hopefully that's coming soon all right now we have the last category what's one suggestion that you have for the other person so i actually have two suggestions (laughs) um and that was that was exercising restraint because i could Mm -hmm. i this is like my favorite question like i love trying to force other people to watch tv shows but um so one um to no one's surprise is veronica mars which luke has watched um two-thirds 20 minutes of of the first episode since i last checked i haven't gotten around to it quite yet so hopefully i've been busy reading another one of her suggestions so it's like i can't really like it's not really like my fault because i'm just doing her suggestions in different orders okay, okay. Probably would he's like. reading nine perfect so. strangers right now um yeah but yes i mean i could just talk on and on about veronica mars forever but i will spare you um <laughs> <laughs> till another episode yes another once we finishes we can do a whole episode about it and it'll be so fun um but anyways my next one is Jane the Virgin and Luke says that he will get around to it and I've been recommending Jane the Virgin since I watched it back in 2019 I watched the first episode with you this was actually a good story it's a good story it's like a relevant story sort of because I was trying to get her to come see Parasite with me which ultimately ended up winning um best picture so I feel like I was sort of in the right in that You were decision. definitely in the right but I thought it was scary um, and then I don't like she was like movies. oh I'm not going to want to watch it and I was like well I'm not watching the trailer before I go cuz I want it to be a complete surprise cuz everyone's saying like don't know anything going in We did watch so, the trailer Oh yeah We totally watched the trailer <laughs> But I but I didn't know very much about the movie so I couldn't really say if it was going to be sca- really scary or it not. Wasn't scary. I was trying not it wasn't, to like it learn It was violent, but it wasn't scary. <laughs> so anyway, I got you to come with me. And then we waited till like the last minute to get there. And the theater was like fully packed. And we sat uh, in the front row. I actually but don't it was remember a good... that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you don't at all? We bought like two of like the like last 10 tickets in the whole theater. I really don't remember. No, it turned out to be really good because the movie was really good and it wasn't scary at all. But. Yeah, it was a good experience, but then the deal we made is that after we watched Parasite, we had to go watch the first episode of Jane the Virgin at her, Maya's house. And we so, did that, and then I, continu- I continued on to the second episode, but I don't think Luke did that. <laughs> Even though you'd already watched the whole show. Yeah. But, so anyway, maybe this year will be the year this that I watch Jane the Virgin. The I actually feel like I should watch that. I 
but I guess I need to watch Veronica I Mars think, first. Yeah, I think you would appreciate it, and I think there's there's a lot of fun things to talk about with Jane yeah. the Virgin. Um, I okay. So for my picks, I didn't really have very great picks. I just couldn't think of good things. So my pick, which is like kind of like it's like a long running joke at this point, is the Society, which I know I already said like don't watch the Society because <laughs> it's just gonna be sad because there's no second season. But I guess I would recommend the Society still, maybe. I was actually, and then thinking... also, er, go ahead, go ahead. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was thinking like maybe I'll watch the the Society just to be nice to Luke because I always want it's everyone to watch. It's not even that much TV. My shows, so I'm like, I I feel like I should be nice and watch other people's shows too. And I also saw I've already it watched on a like list. hundreds of hours. We also saw it on a list of like the best teen dramas or something, which I think I'll say Veronica Mars may have been number one on this list, but. (laughs) (laughs) So you you only believe the list because Veronica Mars is number one. And maybe it was a different list. I don't remember if it was the same list, but there was a list that said that the society was one of the best teen dramas. So I was like, all right, I might check it it out. It would be better if there was a second season. But. I've also spent hundreds of hours watching your recommendations, so I feel like this is like a seven-hour commitment. I'll do it. Because there's only ten episodes. But um, I guess my other recommendation, which you already briefly mentioned, would be Euphoria, which I feel like is a show Mm -hmm. you would actually like. And there is a season two coming soon, so it will be relevant again. I mean, it's sort of already relevant. But yeah, maybe we could do season two episode. But I feel like it would be fun to be like watching it as it's come out, yeah. as it's coming out. So maybe, maybe. I'll do that because I, I mean you ha- probably have like a few months before season two okay. actually starts airing. Because I so. like want to be culturally relevant, but I just tend to prefer shows from the two thousands to shows that um, came out more recently. But I do want to be culturally relevant, so I feel like <laughs> I should watch it. This is a good. This is a show that you will like appreciate, and is current. Okay. And I feel like it's decent. And it has good characters, too. So, that is 2020 all wrapped up into a nice little bow, and we can just move on. I feel like, generally, it was a good year of pop culture-related things. Yeah. <laughs> Both personally and for the world. So, we'll see what 2021 brings for pop culture and for this podcast. <laughs> I will say so, uh, this episode is shorter than I expected. Which is good. Well, it's still long, good. but it's shorter than yeah. I expected. Alright. Well, if you want to keep in touch with us while we are on it, however long our break will be till our next episode, um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. They're both Pops Pop Culture. Um, you can send us an email at popsandpopculture at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on Am- Amazon, Apple Podcasts, There's and Amazon Spotify. Podcasts? Or not Spotify. I know, I'm making things up. I'm. It's been a while. <laughs> leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And I believe that's it. And tweet at us if you think we need to do a Veronica Mars episode. Yeah, or any other episodes, you but you can respond to the tweet. I just tweet us with anything. <laughs> tweet us, tweet at us about anything, yeah. and maybe we'll respond. 
We probably will because we definitely will. And ever, I'm really I don't into think Twitter anyone is right now. I'm going through a Twitter phase. I don't think anyone has ever tweeted at us before. Yes, so, but it would make us very happy. Yeah. So I believe that is all. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2021. And we'll. Oh, and Bonnui. Bonnui. <laughs>